yeah what what's up what what are we uh what are we drinking this evening well i have the goose island paper umbrella tropical ipa i saw you had a picture of that mm-hmm. the other day yeah what, what do you make of that one well coconut pineapple hoppy paradise um it's good I like it. Nice. I would drink it regularly. There is a bit of hint of pineapple. It's like, uh, this is going to sound bad. If if you made pina colada flavored beer and it didn't taste like you were licking a bucket full of diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Just a hint of pina colada then, huh? <laughs> Just a touch. Like, like, let's say you were drinking IPA. And you kissed a girl that had some pina colada Burt's Bees on, right? There you mm. go. Or a guy. That's great. Or dog. That's great. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I like the packaging of that one, too. It's like a, a big white can, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's like the... Uh, their other one they got another one another special I actually have the can it's sitting outside I can't see it it's a west coast IPA or something like that it's it's like a white can but this one has yeah, uh, yeah. has like a fade from purple to red to orange to light orange so oh, simple good stuff yeah those Goose Island guys are I think they're doing a pretty good job these days uh, between the the low calorie uh Beer that doesn't taste like a low calorie beer, and uh, and a few of these others. I I looked at their Next Coast. Uh, earlier. Oh, that's what it is. Next Coast IPA. Thank you. And I think I've had that too, and I want to say I like that as well. Um, but nice man. So a little Chicago brew there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Nice choice. Nice choice. Uh, I I just popped a, a Chicago beer too. Uh, my way home, I popped by. Uh, one of my friendly gas stations here that stocks a lot of beer, but uh, um, not necessarily at an affordable price, but whatever. And they had a uh, they had a Revolution Brewing uh, sampler there, and um, oh. different stuff. Um, but what sold me on this one? It must have just been feeling. I mean, I don't know. Is that it's twelve beers in the sampler? And uh, four different kinds, and every single kind is an IPA, all of them. Um, and I went, ah, oh, you know, why not? But are they but are they hazy and juicy? Well, one of them is. Of course it is. <laughs> uh, but that's not the one I chose to try out tonight. I, I try, decided to try Sly Hero tonight. Um, and uh, it's a, let's see, Styrian Fox Hopped IPA. And I got to tell you, I have no idea what that means. I, um, yeah. <laughs> but it's seven point two percent alcohol. Well, yeah, that's good to know, Ooh. and uh, it's it's strong. You you can tell. Um, but it's got like a hint of uh, citrus as you kind of you know take it into your mouth. Um, it finishes pretty smooth. It's finished pretty smooth. Um, so I, I, I can handle that. Um, what's curious is, like, how do you do four, four different kinds of, of IPAs? Um, like, I know they had their, what is it? It's Antihero, and that's in there. Oh, yeah, they got a lot of varieties of that. But, but, man, like, so I guess the Sly Hero is a take on the Antihero, and... Yep. 
yeah, that's they they had like a they had a specific one in the summer, a hero, and they got yeah. That's I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about the brand, so I, I don't know what. I mean, it's a theme, right? Right. No, definitely, definitely. Um, and and I like I like that. Um, and I don't think I've had one of theirs that, that I really cringed at or anything yet. Um, and hey, it's another southern Chicago beer. You know, s- semi local for me, more local for you, but Illinois beer I can support. So that's kind of cool. Well, there you go. <laughs> Ooh. I don't think Cook County counts as Illinois beer, though. So, oh, what? It's a little separate. Yeah. Oh man, good old Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. I see what you bought. You bought the League of Heroes variety pack. That's the League of Heroes, and uh-huh. again, I mean, I so I like trying new beer, right? Um, but a lot of times when I'm picking up one of those variety packs, there's like one beer in there that you're like, uh, I don't know, you know, like uh, like a frambozy or something. Like, mm-hmm. like there's like a porter, and then there's like uh, you know an IPA and and like a blonde, and then like something that tastes like wine or something. You're like, um, okay. But well, when I saw this one, I was like, man, okay, that looks like four beers I would probably drink. So that's smart. <laughs> but um, I wonder how I'm gonna feel about four different varieties of, of IPA in a few days and. Uh, and my backup for the night, we're still trying to figure out, finish off that keg at, at work of uh, Elysian Space Dust. So, oh Jesus, 0.2% alcohol isn't enough. You got to go to Elysian, which is what 8.9 or something ridiculous. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, guys. Uh, hopefully, I don't get too far into that second one. <laughs> still on the road. Um, We've been cleaning the basement over the last few days, and I am recording in the man cave. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's kind of nice. I have a little more freedom. Wow. Uh, easy access to the bathroom. There's a fridge right down here just for beer. <sighs> Feels pretty good, man. Um, it's It still needs cleaned up a little bit. Um, and, like, <laughs> we've got a big sectional down here, and... It's really nice, and we we don't entertain nearly as often as I'd like to, and that was kind of the point of it. And I got my big projector screen and the surround sound set up and all that great stuff. Um, kind of got, I mean, I've got my own bathroom back. I've got kind of my own space back. The healing can begin. <laughs> the healing can begin. <laughs> so, yeah, I might be louder this episode than normal because it's been, geez, five months or something since I've been down here. It's probably like episode one, like I might have been down here. And, wow. and then since then I've been stuck up in our living room. Um so anyway, um yeah, that's exciting. That's stuff though. Yeah man, I'm, I'm 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 glad to be back down here and uh getting back into it. Um man, anything new with you? What's what's going on? Are you eating on the podcast? Are you eating chips? What do you do? Um, I was sneaking some pistachios while you were you talking blessed. about your insanity here. <laughs> I figured that was a good time to go ahead and crunch some. 
It certainly was. It certainly I was, was listening. I mean, I'm not being a total jack fuck. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was like uh, feedback on my end or what. No. Uh, shit. No. I'm just being a scumbag. And I'm actually on to the second Goose Island here. This would be the Dank Detector oh, IPA. Mm-hmm. Damn. Have I been keep, keeping you waiting? Jeez, you're on the second one. Oh, no. Dank Detector. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep, it's an India Pale Ale. A little bit classic, a little bit new. It is very good. I wish they made this one regularly because I would drink the shit out of it. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, now that I'm going to be drunk in 30 minutes here. That's uh, my fear over here. Yeah, I've got to get back on my diet, Jason, so I can beat you in this weight loss thing. I'm going to catch up. I'm going to catch up. What what are you down, like two pounds? Oh, no, I'm still at one pound. (laughs) Yeah? Well, it's okay because I'm up like seven or something, so you're going to be fine for for a little while. That vacation did not help, man. Did not help at all. (laughs) Well, I, I, I look at it this way. At the end of it, at least, we'll have quite a collection of feet pictures that we can jerk off to. So, Dude, those sexy feet pictures. <laughs> Wake up in the morning, feet on the scale, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like, we probably don't even need to do that. I just can think of all the different weight loss competitions in which they, they were like, well, make sure you send a picture of the scale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. When, I see, when I see the pictures of my feet on some porn site, I'll know to come looking at you. <laughs> How much did they pay you, you fucker? <laughs> I've like slightly photoshopped a little more, a little less hair or something on there. I'm like, oh yeah, I had tons of feed photos for you guys. Uh, I'm making all the monies. Jeez. <laughs> uh, so, go ahead and kick off this tech lash thing. So let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. So, uh, well, I mean. I think this was an article that we were talking about before, but now we'll actually take a run at it. Um, I'm going to let you I Oh, you I, are. I was rereading this again because um, I was trying to get collected back into it. Uh, but I'll let you take the lead here since it is probably more in your wheelhouse than my wheelhouse. I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, I mean, it's definitely. Um, I, I was pretty impressed with with the article. Um, it's called "From Manchester to Barcelona." It's by Ben Tarnoff. It's from uh, Logic Magazine. I'm, I'm very glad that, that you you found this. Um, and in a sense, what it is is uh, it's a a Marxist argument about technology, right? Um, and so uh, you know, Marxist theory critiques capitalism um and you know marx in particular believed that basically the working class would eventually rise up and overthrow like the factory owner right um because the factory owner is making a bunch of money off of the worker and the disparity is is fairly big um and of course they were writing a fairly long time ago right um you know engels uh, frederick engels and marx um and of course there's a uh, Anytime you bring him up, the people think of socialism, um, people think of uh, communism, and they're not they're not really the same, right? Um, and and I think I think that makes it hard to talk about Marxism um, 
in America, at least. We we demonized the shit out of communism, and now we're working very hard, apparently, to, to demonize uh, socialism. Um, but Marxism is really about that critique of the capitalist system, right? Um, how does this work? How does the means of production work? Um, and then is that fair, right? And... I think I think Marx is makes some some valid questions. Um, of course, his ultimate theory that the working class will rise up um, doesn't appear to have happened in you know what would arguably be the I think probably the the biggest most successful capitalist uh, country in the world, the U.S. Um, we haven't we haven't seen that, um, and yet we do have elements of socialism that help maybe to prop up that system. So, anyway, the the, the article basically starts with the idea of how Marxist critique of factories and factory working, um, you know, seems seems legit. Um, you know that, that the worker works very hard, the owner profits, um, and at the end of the day, there might seem to be like there's something unfair there. Like maybe you need more employer um, employee um, ownership, you know, of the means of production or or what have you. But what's cool is this guy then transitions that into covering tech, um, which is really, I mean, pretty pretty smart um, to say that whenever you move into the realm of, of extreme technology on the internet, it stops being, you know, a thousand workers in a factory assembling a car um, who are maybe getting underpaid um, to billions of workers posting stuff on Facebook for free, not getting paid, and Facebook's making money off of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that that kind of, I mean, he does it very eloquently and he moves towards that in a pretty brilliant way. Um, and then of course he raises questions about, you know, privacy. Are you being properly compensated for this stuff? Um, and that links back to our, our EULA discussion from, from last time, right? Um, that nobody reads that shit. Um, and yet we've opted into, you know, basically providing all of this information and data for free to these organizations, um, not necessarily so they can do something illegal, but, but maybe do something kind of shady, which is market to us, sell our data to other people um, so that they can market to us. Uh, and maybe that gets into the realm of manipulation. And uh, certainly I think it's anti-privacy. Um, but you opt in, right? I mean, <laughs> I guess that's always one of the big questions, um, and um, something I always try to emphasize with my students: if you're if you're getting something for free, right, Jason? If you're getting something for free, you're the product, right? Yeah, that's it. It's the end end of the story. You know, you got your free uh, Yahoo email. Yeah, they're going to throw ads at you or something, or they're going to monitor your traffic because guess what? They have to make money somehow. Nothing's free. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I, I've been railing about this shit for for a long time um, and teaching about it for a long time. Um, and I don't. I can't remember if we got into this at all last time, but. But over the years, I've watched my students transition from being suddenly shocked at what I'm telling them about Facebook. Um, and he, he mentions this. They're like, academics have been bitching about this forever. 
like we've been like what the fuck facebook's collecting all my data fuck that like um and this is an invasion of privacy and it seems like the government is like finally caught up to that and been like huh is this wrong <laughs> like should we bring zuckerberg in here and have a little talk with him <laughs> um but i've been kind of you know uh, pointing it out for a long time because i think it looks it looks shady it seems like an invasion of privacy um and it's it's you're the product but you're not making any money off of it right um and when i first started making that argument to students geez probably a decade ago um students tended to be like a little freaked out about it um you know they were upset that their privacy was being invaded they were upset that targeted marketing was you know following their online activity and then spookily sharing stuff back to them um they were upset that there were um companies out there that their entire job is to track what you buy why you buy it where you live how much money you make um whether or not we should give you a credit card um and what kind of ads we should throw at you um and that seemed to be off-putting to them um, largely, I think, because of the privacy issue. But this latest um, generation, and I, I guess this might be the tail end of the millennials, which, again, is is interesting for, for me being on the other end of it. But this tail end is less concerned. Um, they are much less concerned about their privacy digitally, I think, than than earlier um, generations, than, than 10 years ago, um, the people I was teaching. Um, and, I, and I wonder about that. I, I think you can probably uh, guess why. Well, I'm assuming because they've never had it. Right. No, that's a great way to look at it, right? I mean, because if your whole life this this has been a thing, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not yeah. just so and it's funny, actually, that's a good point is you you look at movies and media and they, they do this real like song and dance dog and pony show about privacy and all that. But in reality, I mean, it's just it's an old concept. Yeah. Ironic, ironically, a lot like Marxism, it's an old concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually one of the funny things that I read about this article I wanted to throw by you is <clears throat> like all the references are all things that happened a long long time ago yeah yeah and and none of it's very current like you know the, he he goes on this riff about well the the spanish civil war and it's like dude that was a long like, we're, what a hundred years a, we're talking <laughs> a couple generations ago yeah, if, yeah. If that's your if that's your example of not of capitalism losing we're we're making we're you gotta you gotta do some better you know it's right i that's that's the one thing i've always this is like a sidebar i guess but the i like i like marxism as a critique of capitalism but i've unfortunately yet to see anybody use that in an intelligent manner um yeah, it becomes theoretical, right? right. And I want it to be real. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, of course, he, I mean, so he's pointing out, you know, the Spanish Civil War is an example of a potential Marxist revolution because he doesn't want to do, you know, like the Bolsheviks and Leninism. Right. He doesn't want to do any of that shit because that didn't work out. And, um, right. and of course, the Spanish Civil War doesn't really work out either, right? No. Um, 
and uh, the I mean the most successful. You know, I mean, there are socialist countries that are doing well. Uh, you know, Denmark is is a good example. There are Scandinavian countries that are pulling this shit off. But when most people think about things like Marxism, they're thinking of communism. They're thinking of China. They're thinking of Russia. They're thinking of Cuba. Um, things well, that we would not want, right? Right. <laughs> like, well, it's it's funny because he he goes on this riff about archipelago or, or the archipelago. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it it's funny because like you just mentioned the Scandinavian countries and and that's the the real rip of it is that it never works large scale. And I I don't know why other than the fact that there's no way to control people effectively at that large of a scale. Now here's here's my here's my real twisted one for you. Mm-hmm. Except for now where social media platforms have erased the individual, they've erased privacy, and they've given you a way to control the masses that I'm pretty sure Stalin and Lenin, if they weren't dead already and rotted, fuck them both, would be dizzing (laughs) in their pants over and over and over again because you can... I was going to... If you were going to do... Soviet style communism today yep. in America, I think you'd have a good chance of pulling it off. Mm-hmm. Because the oh, control yeah. the control structure is embedded. Everyone's got the control structure in their hand every day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, um for super certain tang- <laughs> super tangent. Uh anyways, back to the article. One of the things I did like um is uh, the part about the difference engine. I, I really like how he touches on um, you know, capitalism is uh, what did he say? Uh, in motion. There it is. Yeah, uh, it's it's wealth in motion. It it has to keep moving, and and that's that's the one thing I think people in in this country is it's a hard concept because it's it's the whole well you got to spend money to make money you got to do, and I yeah. think people especially just because of the you know old school old world european thing is it's hard for some people to realize that i mean money sitting there doing nothing is useless i mean it's losing money (laughs) it's it's every it's every bank ever right there's no money in that bank or never enough to cover what you have because they're using it to do this they're doing that they're covering this they're collecting interest yeah blah 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 blah. i mean trades happen at the speed of computers now on our own stock market i mean it's it's bananas <laughs> and that that may be probably the the wildest thing now with the internet too is like there's no speed limit realistically right no there's really not and it also means that potentially um i mean the ways in which you were limited to move capital is is becoming much more free um, and and again, that's that's the thing about internet. It's it's a double edged sword, right? Um, so it, you could say, oh yeah, look, it could be a, a means of controlling people through propaganda, like or monitoring people at, at whatever they're doing, and um, or you know, it, it could do all those things. But it also democratizes us. It also lets us all have a voice. It lets me, for instance, um, you know, some asshole living in a small town in Illinois invest in the stock market um, with little to no fees without a broker. Using an app, 
you know, um, things that, that our dads would have never had the opportunity to do. You would have needed a broker or um, you would need to know someone. You would need to pay a firm to do that. Um, but we can use an app. <laughs> Um, hell, I'm, I'm going to take uh, some of my kids' um, like birthday money over the years and put it into an, an investment fund for him um, using an app that will automatically give him access to it the day he turns 21. So it's like right? a digital trust. Basically, right? But back in the day, you'd need, what, a lawyer? <laughs> and like an yeah, insurance guy? <laughs> Right. Um, and today I'm going to be like, it's an app and it costs $2 or something. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, and, and the idea that, that you have to move around capital, and make money, that was, that's a really great part of the article that he's trying to explain. And, um, and that with, with internet, it becomes, you know, this massive machine that can do just that. I mean, uh, you, you look at ad revenue and you go, Oh, I'm, I'm making less than a penny per click or something, but you know, you throw 7 billion clicks at that and you're making money, you know, look, yeah. at, look at YouTube, right? You're not making a lot every time someone watches your video, but if you got 3 million followers, you're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that margin, you know, it is about margins. Uh, so in a, a the one thing I did, another point I really liked about this article was uh, where he talks about the Luddite option. Um, the Jason he, option. Well, I mean, it, it's interesting because he, he makes a, you know, he makes a point where he's talking about, well, the Luddites, you know, destroyed textile machinery um, because it was a threat to their livelihood, right? Um, yeah. They weren't necessarily against all technology, but they didn't want to be erased by it, which is funny because that was one of Andrew Yang's platform <laughs> thing. Yeah. was the inevitable apocalypse that's going to happen with the American workforce as we go AI and robotics and everything else. And, you know, uh, of course, you know, Yang bowed out and um, I wouldn't uh, pull one out. Poor Yang. I... I, I like my beer too much. Uh, Amen. God, too bad, too bad. I saw him on CNN the other day after the debate doing commentary. And I was glad to still hear his voice. I hope I, I get to continue to hear it. Um, I wrote him a big thing after he bowed out. <laughs> I said, Panama stayed up late at night and wrote him a big response. Um, because it's it's too bad to see him gone. But yeah, he and this is totally what he's pointing out, right? Is that yeah. it, it might not happen, you know, um, in the next five years or whatever. But uh, over time, oh, say, we're going to continue to automate things. I, th I, I twenty think, is I think a great number. Yeah, I think twenty, and I know that's like everyone's guess. But if you look at the rate of technology and you look at the way, rate of automation inside of manufacturing, I I think that's a good round number. You know, plus yeah, we'll say plus or minus seven years. So I think maybe thirteen years from now, the first like oh shit moment happens to you know. Yeah the next you know getting getting to the you know two decades from now where it's like well fuck it's, it's <laughs> suddenly we're in a lot it's of trouble be, it's it's all going to be drones and and machine learned autonomous everything i don't know um which yeah. like i guess i guess you know that 
it's not necessarily a bad thing, but here, here's my. It I guess doesn't have to one. be. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> what what do what is Marxist going to do when there's no more workers factory? Yeah, right. <laughs> when it's all service industry, does this Marxist theory hold up? That's a great yeah. question. Um, I mean, is, because is that, that's is that is that the point where we pretty much just finally say. Let's just stop talking about it because <laughs> we've, um, we've 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 evolved beyond that, so to speak. Or or does the topic just shift away from the the worker and towards? Well, then I don't it know. I mean, it can be. I mean, if the workers have been eliminated, then technically, right. I mean, technically, Marxists have won. I guess kind because of because then, then we're all owners. Maybe or, or maybe or, or I, I can't wait to have I can't wait to have this discussion when somebody tries to lay that shit out and I'm gonna be like, dude, that's some bullshit. You gotta call that fucking bullshit right now. Right. I mean, you definitely need to redefine your fucking terms, right? Right. Because mm-hmm. if the factory is gone, the factory is all automated, right? Um, I don't know. Or or does it prove the the Marxist point? Um, because we will finally reach the point where the former the the former working class has to rise up because as Jane points out they might not have any jobs and and I know we've kind of talked about this before but again just to remind everybody part of Andrew Yang's um, campaign uh, for for presidency was that a big reason why um, kind of the Midwest and and former um, industrialized areas in like Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin went for Trump was because um, they've seen a loss of, of factory jobs and while a lot of us even myself have railed in the past about those jobs being outsourced overseas or up to Canada or to Mexico um, I talked regularly about the automotive industry moving to Canada um, you know for some reason and, and we're losing jobs to Canadians one of my good buddies alongside Andrew Yang for years has been saying I think a lot of that's machine I think a lot of that's uh, you know um, computers stepping in automation robots and and they're all wrong they're wrong um but do we does that lead to a post marxist view where the the worker still gets screwed but <laughs> it's not because they aren't getting a a good good living wage it's because they don't have a job well so here's here's the one other thing and this i i really did like this article and i like a lot of the things he talks about but i'm going to give you a behind the curtain uh view mm-hmm. so i i know like uh, obviously factories aren't like they were when Ingalls was around which is right. part, of my, part of my problem about people banging on about Marxism and then socialism and communism but I'm gonna I'm gonna let you behind the curtain so um, how much money do you think a company would have to pay let's say a dozen workers in a manufacturing facility and I, i'm not even talking i'm just saying like actual pay and not um not uh no benefits just straight no pay benefits. for labor dollars yeah how much uh, how much do you think a dozen people would cost a company and in, in america like in what, america. per hour or per year <laughs> um we'll say year per year uh let's see let's see if i can do some math here um i mean i'm, I'm leaning towards probably 20 dollars per hour per person 
Um, am, am I highballing it? Am I middle of the road? Um, so let's see. That would be. Let's do some. <laughs> what is that? Eight hundred a, a week, sixteen hundred a paycheck. So three grand a month. So like thirty six thousand. So forty forty grand a person. <laughs> that seems low. So <laughs> twenty twenty eighty by whatever your hourly wage for. That's forty hours a week. Two thousand and eighty okay. hours in a year. Okay. I'll, I'll skip it for you. It's half a million dollars. Whoa! For for twelve, for a dozen people working. So five hundred thousand. That's 40, yeah. 40 hours a week. That costs half a million dollars, give or take. So you so you're paying like seventy to eighty grand per person, something like that. No, no, no. That's that's just salary. That's not benefits. That's, that's not just, benefits. That's just straight hourly pay. Half a million dollars for a dozen people. Seems pretty factory. solid. Yeah. Right. So here's here's the thing. If you run three shifts <laughs> for forty hours a week, right? That's one point five million dollars a year, mm-hmm. not including benefits. Right. So I don't necessarily buy that the worker is being raped um and certainly not Today. certainly not in the automotive industry because they make really good money union or non-union um yeah i think the only people that are actually getting probably bent over is people in uh food service mm, yeah. people in retail service and I would probably guess the tech industry is probably pretty awful because yeah, you don't make the kind of money they make if you're not doing compensating your workers. As the example I just proved was, is, you know, if you had to pay people, if you had to pay millions and millions and millions and millions in, you know, salaries not even benefits mm-hmm. there's no fucking way that you gross the money you make right well and, and so much of the tech industry is um it's really easy to outsource right like you need some code bam like anybody in the world can write it for you right um which why is, is it's it interesting like i don't get it like why is it so how is i i and, and um, what's his name? Ben. Shit, I should know. Tarnoff. Tarnoff. He touches on that about how much money these companies. You know, he uses Facebook as an example of like what their you know profit ratio is and how many people they're having all that. And it's like, I, I like Google. How does Google have so much value when they literally make nothing? Right, right. <laughs> I mean, their, their products you in in a search. <laughs> they search other people's shit. It's <laughs> insane. I mean, maybe maybe that should maybe that should like you mentioned should that maybe that should be the way the Marxist arguments shifts. Let's stop maybe. talking about the worker and let's start talking about the actual people and yeah. 
I mean, we've, yeah. we've sort of moved beyond all that. And, and there's a, he, in this section of the article, he t- yeah, in one of the articles, he talks about like, you know, you're clicking as labor and it's certainly mm, free. Yeah. Uh, man, there's right. so much, there's so much in this thing. I just, I got it. I wish there was a way really to like, share, pe- share it with people so they could read this thing. And well, you probably put it. a link in like the show notes and you should read it. Like, and it's, it's not, he doesn't write it in such a way that is like over the top of your head. Most of it's in oh, pretty no. good terms. Right. And I like that because a lot of times in academia, you run into these articles and it's like, it's really brilliant. But if you haven't been studying in that field for 20 years, you don't get half the shit they're saying. And he does a nice job of laying this out right you're right that some of the examples are dated but the way he compares it to tech is i think pretty brilliant yeah um, i think that's it, where he really knocks it out of the park yes yes in in europe they're making this same argument they're starting to say you know things like oh well we need to have the right to be forgotten on google to delete stuff to remove stuff um and we should get paid for things like social media if they're making money off of our accounts why wouldn't we get some of that? Are we not the worker in this scenario, right? And that's what Ben Tarnoff is saying here is like, yeah, I mean, if you're the product, why wouldn't you get paid for that? Um, to which I'm sure Facebook would say, well, like, no, we're providing a service um, and you don't have to use it. But if you use it, yes, then we use your data to market to you. Right? <laughs> to, to which you're like, you're just rephrasing what we just told you, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like that we're the product, but we're not getting paid. Right? And the gig economy, I think, lets this work, right? Um, so websites like Fiverr, where you can go online, pay somebody five dollars or or more um, to do just about anything, right? Right. Um, and, th- and there's bunches of sites like that. Um, and the fact that you can do technology technology work like this ab- abroad um, means that you don't have to worry about things like minimum wage in America. And before you get up in arms about that, um, think about how the gig economy is doing here. Think about things like Uber, right? <laughs> Lots of guys Uber on the weekend to make extra money. That's the gig economy, man. Um, yeah. And you, you can make some money in it. Um, but there are huge questions there because Uber wants to say, well, our workers aren't our workers. They're independent contractors. Yeah, they're contractors. Right. Because I don't want to pay them benefits. And I understand that it's expensive. right? Um, and I don't want to be liable for certain things. But... But um, are they independent contractors? <laughs> like, am I the user of Facebook or am I a content producer? Because let me tell you, we pay people to do content production, which looks very close to making posts on Facebook. <laughs> it looks very similar. Um, I, guess, I, guess, <laughs> I guess the question is, is who's, who's fucking pulling the wool over whose eyes? Maybe, maybe. And that's that's what gets us to the tech lash, right? That that now we're throwing Zuckerberg in front of Congress twice and and yelling at him uh, because oh you let the Russians manipulate the election or or you are kind of invading our privacy, aren't you? <laughs> like um and and what does Zuck say? Um don't regulate us, uh we'll regulate ourselves. Right? And, and what does Zuck say? Um, we're not a publisher. Um, you know, we're an open forum. <laughs> Which sounds a lot like a, a publisher. <laughs> like, 
we're, we're a publisher and anyone can publish on our site. So we're not a publisher. We're an open forum. <laughs> exactly. Right? We just, like, we just maintain the hardware. We don't right. do anything. Well, and I get the fear. I mean, Reddit went through it. Uh, 4chan has gone through it where people post horrible shit. And then you just created a website. You didn't want people to post horrible shit. Um, and now you're somehow liable for that. I get like, like that sucks. Right. Um, and when yet, did, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. Wait, wait. When did people think it was appropriate to assume that the, I don't know, the, the owners of whatever, network or i mean i guess this this is a, a rehash of shit from before that we've talked about but i just don't understand when people started assuming that well because you have that network you're responsible for everything i mean like where did that come from yeah. what who who got people thinking that way because like i it's a good question I'm sorry i i don't I, I don't see it i i mean i hate to agree with you know, shit bags and assholes, but I'm right. sorry. It, you know, it, it, it's like hate to it, defend Facebook, but like <laughs> it, it would be like if you were allowed to sue AT and T because somebody randomly called you, right, and was, right, was an asshole to you, and you could sue AT and T and that person. And it's like it doesn't fucking work. Like, I mean, it's I just. I don't know. It, right. it, I don't get when it shifted where people all of a sudden got their fucking, you know, they're, I don't know. I mean, there's like, they're so fucking sure of all this bullshit. And it's like, dude, you, you can't, it, it would be like, oh, man, what's a good example? Um, okay. <clears throat> it would be like if someone went to court because their yeah, brother got killed in a car wreck yeah, by another driver, and they're going to sue the state because the for state making roads, built the roads. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, totally, totally. And, they'll, or and, like, they'll sue, and they're, they're also going to sue. Well, they're they're going to sue the company, the contractor that made the roads, and then they're going to sue the state for the laws that govern how people go on the roads. This yeah. and this is the thing, and and I say that, and you know, I'm sure people are like, "Well, that's just fucking insane. That doesn't work like that." So why but that happens? Then. So why? <laughs> so why? If in that example that sounds insane, are people all like, "Facebook has responsibility"? The fuck they do. They don't have fucking responsible for shit. The problem is people are upset because they were fucking dumb enough. <laughs> to get suckered into all that bullshit. Or naive enough. Embarrassed. You know? They're fucking embarrassed that they got caught out with some ass clowns garbage. <laughs> and here's Maybe. the thing. I and here's the thing that cracks me up. Why is now when everyone gets upset? I mean, Christ, if you didn't watch that fucking movie with uh, what's his face, <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg, and that right. wasn't enough that wasn't enough to make you think, at least think like this guy's kind of a shitbag. <laughs> I don't even know that he's a shitbag. He's just like, he's weird. He's a weird guy, right? He's um, a shitbag. Fine, in, fine. In I think fact, he's more like, he's like an uh, android or something. In fact, I'm pretty sure if that movie had come out now, they'd be trying to oh, cancel yeah. his ass. 
like Me Too movement the shit out of him. Oh yeah, um, he, right? it would it would be him and fucking Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so timing's everything, right? And, and I believe you and, have mentioned that, and yes, it is still true. <laughs> And you, you might be very right. I mean, I think I know why they're we're getting tech lash now. And and Tarnoff kind of mentions this, um, you know, that it's it's this particular moment in time where everyone's like looking for someone to blame, um, and also I think just finally opening up their goddamn eyes to to what's always been happening with this stuff, but. Like you're you're not first first, you're totally right about the Sue question. That seems silly. And it seems weird to say that anyone who's using my network, I'm then responsible for what they do with it. Um, that seems silly. That's like the argument that I'm gonna sue the gun manufacturer because a crazy guy went and shot my friend. Like the gun manufacturer didn't do that. Um the, the crazy guy did like that's clearly the case and yet the other day on the debate stage joe fucking biden's accusing bernie sanders of doing something wrong because bernie said yeah we shouldn't sue the gun <laughs> manufacturers because people do stupid shit with guns that doesn't make any damn sense <laughs> right um so I don't, I don't know when we got there but we did and i'm gonna blame lawyers because that's probably correct um, that they've always been mm. looking for a way to sue somebody. I mean, shit, man, if I have a sidewalk and thank God I don't and you bust your ass on it in the winter, you can sue me because apparently I'm responsible for maintaining that sidewalk. Um, even if the city put it there. Right. So yeah, yes, the rules are stupid. So don't have a sidewalk. In fact, go get a fucking sledgehammer and break up your sidewalk right now. Like, and probably if I don't have no trespassing signs and someone comes on my property and my dog bites them, I can probably get sued too. Like, so I I imagine it all comes from that. Right. Um, It's the problem is we've taken all this stuff from the physical world that might already have been like shady and questionable because why the fuck were you on my property then, you asshole, right? Um, <laughs> right? Um, and then we transitioned to this digital world, and it didn't make that much sense in the physical world, and now it's in the digital world, and it makes even less sense. Yeah. But TechLash, I think, is is good. Um, it's It's been a long time coming. We do need to think about what these companies are capable of. Um, and we do need to think about Monopoly um, and how it's going to change our, our world. Um, like Amazon does like, what is it, 70% of online sales or something now comes from Amazon? Like Jesus, really? Like wow, I'm, I'm. It's it's a massive percentage, and and when you say it, you go, that can't be true. Um, but then then you think about it, and you're like, oh, I bet that is true. <laughs> like, because where do I buy most of my online stuff? Yeah, and exactly. why why wouldn't I buy my stuff there? They have two day shipping. <laughs> like, but it's it's massive, and it's gotten that big because setting up a website online isn't that hard and shipping is is kind of hard but look once you're that big you make your own shipping fleet and you do it yourself <laughs> and that's what bezos is doing right um and and you couple it with a 120 dollar package a year that gets you two day free shipping and don't worry we're working on one day we're working on one day um and we throw in this great free streaming service too which it's just a bonus you're welcome i mean 
it's it's brilliant um, that to bring it back to TechLash. What's crazy about that is how much of those Amazon sales are third party. So, you know, I'm, I work for a company that's trying to sell you uh, a set bar in Texas. Well, we've sent a bunch of set bars to an Amazon warehouse in Texas. So you get on Amazon and you want to buy that set bar for your truck. Cool. You order it from us. On your end, you have no idea. You're ordering it from Amazon, right? But you're really getting it from us, <laughs> which means we bought the inventory. We shipped it to Amazon. Amazon takes a cut for holding it at their warehouse. Amazon takes a cut for uh, people buying it off of their website. We make a percentage. They ship it to you. We pay for that shipping most of the time. Um, sometimes it's included. Depends on how big it is, right? Um, Amazon's involved in every step of the way. Shit, they're probably doing the web hosting for the website, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I wonder how much of that is part of their bottom line, right? Because I, I saw those commercials recently. I think it may have been at the Super Bowl, ironically, where the, the AWS, Amazon Web Services, right? Oh, yeah. It's massive. That's crazy. The, their CDN service is some of the best in the world. Um, and for those of you not familiar with, with that shit, that means um, like like caching photos ahead of time. So you want your website to load really fast. Um, their, their web service will kind of like temporarily store all your images and then make it easier for everyone to get them quickly when they open your website. Oh um, and let me tell you, they are controlled. They do a vast amount of, of internet stuff here in the U S okay. Um, what was it a couple years back? Some server got hit in Virginia, went down It took down about half the internet or something ridiculous like that for, you know, five hours or something. Yeah, that was the Amazon. It was an Amazon web server. So Jesus. it's huge. It's massive. Um, so right now, the uh, what is it? It's the Pentagon. It's all up in arms. Um, and Microsoft is is too because Trump awarded a cloud computing um, contract, federal government contract, uh, to Microsoft over Amazon, and Amazon's suing. Um, you know, say, say what you will uh, about Trump. Um, I don't tend to be a fan, right? Um, but I kind of like that he gave the middle finger to Bezos there. I think he might be doing it for weird political reasons. Um, but I am afraid that Amazon is, is becoming a monopoly. Um, however, do I think they do cloud-based computing better than Microsoft? Probably. So do they have a legal argument that they should have won the contract? Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, shit, right? Um, <laughs> and yet, do I want them? I mean, that's, that's just one more grand big step on their totem pole towards global dominance, right? And you get that big fat government check there. And it, like, if I'm right that they have something like 50% of the market share now as far as web computing is concerned, I mean, that probably jumps them to 60. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, nobody knows about that shit, right? Everyone thinks Amazon, yeah, they, they ship shit out, right? They're a website to buy yeah. stuff. Uh, well, they are. That's part of their service, right? Um, and then how do you deal with that? Because in the past, you 
when you had a monopoly, it was like the railroad, right? Like, well, right. the railroad is the only people shipping things on rail, so that's clearly a monopoly. Well, now it's like, oh no, um, you know, AT and T does phone service, but they also do internet service, but they also do direct TV, which is TV service, um, and then. Like, how do you calculate that shit? Like, how do you go, well, yeah, that looks like that's approaching Monopoly. Well, it's through, it's three different industries, right? Like, so is it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming it's like, is there somebody else who's actually competing, even if they're really not competing? Right, right. Are there players in, in the regions? I think that's another weird thing, is it? <clears throat> I think a lot of that is regional stuff, right? Like... Well, I mean, uh, hundred miles south from here, uh, I don't know. I don't know how they. I don't know how that stuff's ever figured out. That's a great question. I don't know either. And and I know like small towns. Small town I grew up in has like an exclusive contract with one internet service provider, one ISP, um, and they renew it periodically. And that's to me monopoly. Because you're saying only one person can run cable here and and use it, um, and I believe it was designed to say we're going to protect the network investment. So you guys put in the infrastructure, you get to be the only people on it for a few years, and then yeah. open it up. But they've never opened it up ever. So, and you say their internet sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, excuse me, but. I, don't know, I mean, that, that all ties back to this, this tech lash thing, right? Of finally questioning, like, is this okay? Is this monopoly? Are we being taken advantage of? And you might be right. Maybe people are just pissed off that they're suddenly realizing, like, wait a minute, you were using all my Facebook stuff like, <laughs> to, to make money and sell me shit? Um, but again, was that just, just being naive? Was that just, I, I've been bitching about it for ten years? You know, <laughs> like were we being stupid? I think <clears throat> I I just I just I like I said I I feel like somewhere along the line somebody changed, you know, because like the internet was where you went to get you know kidnapped. By a sociopath. Right. I mean, Christ, D. Snyder's Strangeland is a perfect example of that back in the day. You know, predators are lurking online, bad things are there, it's a wild west, it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, some crazy shift happened where it became something completely different and people just stopped. Yeah keeping their heads keeping their heads and their wits about themselves and then it's like right oh, shit well, well I, I can't believe they were doing that really you you didn't think they were doing that all along and they finally got caught and now you know it's like I just I don't know maybe it was it happened too fast for too many people maybe I was an early adopter um, I don't know man it's just it, I don't get it. Um, yeah. I'm not sure I, I, why, why now. Is it Cambridge Analytica? Is that what, what, what blew the, the whistle, so to speak? Um, I, I don't think, know. I think that's part of it. I think it depends on where you fall on the spectrum in this country. I think, Maybe. you know, uh, obviously 
Trump has been built up to be the fault of the internet. I mean, I think that's, I think that's, that's a, that's a pretty good, if you, if you read the way people talk about it, I mean, that's, I think people pretty much blame the Trump presidency. More or less. Right. Right. And that's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's like, there's no way it could have ever happened. Uh, obviously it was because of social media interference and Russian bots. And I guess my question is, what if Hillary had won? Would anybody be, would we, would we, Probably be, having not. This, would we be having this conversation? Maybe not. Right. It may, maybe that's what makes this such it an is. important moment is that we learn valuable things about automation, about the tech industry, about how all this shit works. I mean, those of us in the industry, we know like social media marketing fucking works. It's amazing, right? <laughs> because instead of putting out a stupid ad on TV that costs millions of dollars and hoping my audience is paying attention, I get to pick who I market to. And you could say, and look, Russia was involved. You can say there was disinformation. There was fake news campaigns. There were. But what, what we cannot deny, and, and I'm going to rephrase what you just said, what we cannot deny is that the Trump campaign ran one of the best social media marketing campaigns probably ever for any politician in this, in our country. Yeah, End of story, right? And so you could say that the way that you did, which is people are blaming the internet and social media for the Trump uh, election as though something shady went on. Or you can say, boy, that was really good marketing. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> to which everyone in the industry was like, duh. <laughs> Like, like, that's what we do. Like, um, if, if you want to sell something that is a complete consumer product that is totally an impulse buy and costs, like, I don't know, less than $100, social media is perfect for that. <laughs> it's perfect. And guess what? A campaign don't cost you shit. Your vote doesn't cost you anything. It's the perfect place to market that kind of stuff because you can target a very specific audience and get give them the exact message that you want. And again, I've been railing about this for 10 plus fucking years, right? That politicians can do things, they call it narrow casting. It started door to door, Jason, back in like, I don't know, 2008 or something. When was John Kerry running? His campaign did this. It was 08. Was it 08? They were sending people door to door this is how old school this was with fucking oh, Paul Romney might have been Romney. It might have been a little bit earlier, but they were sending people door to door Palm pilots because apparently smartphones weren't ubiquitous enough yet. Um, and with little videos. And if, if you were like an African-American individual um, and they thought that you were going to uh, be mostly concerned about job employment, they'd play you this video about African-American job employment. And if you were a white person and they thought you were mostly concerned about local education, they'd play you this particular video about white local education right and look i marketing wise but that's brilliant today we do that online you don't have to go door to door right you just do it online you say this message is for these people now give them this message right and i'll pay you every time you show it right um so it's it's brilliant on the one hand on the other hand it lets you lie 
right? It lets you say whatever you want to one group of people, not give that message to anyone else, right? Um, and then give a completely different message to someone else. So if I was running for president today, I could be like, oh, yeah, I love guns. Um, I'm going to totally protect your Second Amendment right. Um, and I, I enjoy firearms. I hunt every year. And I could do video of me doing that kind of shit and show that to every person who I think is going to vote based upon you know, anti-gun control. I do the same exact ad for all the people who are pro-gun control, only I'd say, yeah, I'm going to totally take away their guns. <laughs> right? And you wouldn't know. Right. The circles that people move in online are incredibly polarized. Right. Mm. So unless you are sharing your, you know, pro gun control piece uh, that I sent you through social media with somebody else who's from the other side of the aisle, people don't even realize I'm sending different messages to different groups of people. That's how social media marketing works. And when it's selling a Nike fucking shoe or Starbucks, who gives a fuck? Right. When I'm targeting the vegan community and saying, yeah, this this product has no meat in it. And then I'm turning around to, you know, the carnival market and saying, don't worry, we've got meat products, too. Right. That's no big deal. But when I'm lying to you about my campaign to try to get elected, then maybe it becomes a different story. Right? Which is probably why we should have different regulations about political campaigns than we do anything else. And we do, Jason, we do. Basically, the, the ad campaigns for regular business, if you lie in certain ways, you can get in trouble. Right? You can get sued. It's false advertisement. There is no false advertisement in political campaigns because everything is false advertisement in a political campaign. <laughs> right so you can't get sued which is why you have these mudslinging fucked up ads that are just someone yelling about how someone's a communist or or so-and-so hates your kids like or so-and-so tried to assassinate so-and-so that's why because they can say almost anything and there's very little risk of repercussion right and there should be risk. That's bullshit. There should be there should be risk there, right? Um, but some of that has to do with how, how the fucking internet works, right? It's it's hard to catch that shit. I guess people didn't want to believe that it it did work, that it did exist. But again, people in the marketing industry, we fucking knew shit. Of course, we knew. We do it all the time. It works. Highly effective. Um, it's just different when I'm trying to sell you something stupid that's an impulse buy versus I'm trying to get you to vote for somebody. Dead air. Sorry, I took a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. What do you think of that? Um, <clears throat> oh. I did a rant. I... I, I... <laughs> I think this this was a big a big bite. <clears throat> right? I think it's a good I think it's a good cap of everything we've kind of been talking about though. You think? I feel okay. I I do feel the one thing that uh uh Tarnoff missed is he talks about, you know, the the um talks references the industrial revolution right and the luddites and you know break yeah. the break the cotton mills and blah 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 as a form of you know to take the power back right but the one thing that he doesn't mention and i've mentioned before is just fucking delete it all 
stop stop Excuse using me. stop using social media stop being a fucking product right i mean right. isn't isn't that the ultimate solution is how do you keep the company from abusing you and making money off you you just stop letting them i mean you there's no i got a new job last year and it wasn't because i used social media what? My my Facebook account <laughs> that I don't have didn't get me a job. Right. It, it, it doesn't do any. And this is, I guess, maybe, I don't know, a generational thing. We'll use that old song and dance, but not even that. Does, that doesn't even work because people of all ages use social media. You don't fucking need to use it. And yet we've somehow gotten to the point where everybody thinks you have to use it. Right. And we've talked about that before, that people are even Fuck. addicted to it. Right. Um, and, and you and I have largely, I mean, I've, I've opted out not nearly as hard as you have, but I barely use Facebook. Um, well, no, and- I'm, I'm not, I, I, you know, let's, let's not, let's not fuck around. I mean, I have a LinkedIn account for business, but it's not. No. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm, I won't, when I was looking for another job, I found, you know, I searched online and ironically I found the job through a LinkedIn posting, but yeah. still I wasn't, I don't use it for connections or anything. It, I, I don't know. Or news, right? Like, yeah, no, God, oh Jesus Christ. I, right. Fuck, well, it's just well, garbage. One of the things that I was, uh, this is one of my regular things to my students is, is what I want to promote in my students, which means what I want to promote in the population, I've said this before on here, is a healthy skepticism. You see an ad for a sneaker and they tell you it will make you run faster and jump higher and your your bullshit meter goes off. You know that's bullshit, right? Until we get to this Nike thing, which is on the list. <laughs> right? Um, but when you see, you know, and 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 newspaper article um, posted on Facebook, you, I think for some reason, we have this tendency to trust that shit, right? Um, we're, we're trusting people. In order to live together in a community, there has to be a certain amount of trust. And certain entities, uh, I'm, I'm going to blame marketers again as a marketer, um, we abuse that a little bit, right? Um, but we get away with it because... You know, right? You know that this is an ad. The ad is very straightforward about what it's trying to do to you. We're trying to get you to buy something. We're not hiding that. It's very much front and center of the ad, right? But I guess what has happened is that social media has has kind of taken oh, that, the line it's really kind of confused it right because because you sign up for this thing and it's free and there's this jewel and you don't read it and you think this is to connect me to all my friends and acquaintances influences aren't real people influences aren't real people there's <laughs> there's my pro tip there you go i like that one too right the influencer accounts are made up right 
<laughs> they're not real people. They're real, and they have real human beings behind them, but they're not real people. People, I mean, they're not. You're, well, it's like reality TV, right? It's yeah. a particular image, of a particular person who is a semi pseudo celebrity, right? But they're deciding what to post there. They're not posting the second they wake up and their makeup's all messed up and they look like shit. Like they put their makeup on, <laughs> you know? Um, no, that's a great way to look at it. And you're skeptical about that, right? So what we need to do is make sure the general population either doesn't use this shit because we're not responsible enough to use it or we don't understand how it works or whatever or that we're fucking skeptical about it so that when your crazy uncle posts that stupid um, you know article onto Facebook saying that a car dealership out of North Carolina is being sued um, by the city because their American flag is too big and that city hates America and hates Trump. And of course, the truth of that article is that there's a city ordinance that says you can't fly a flag any bigger than this, this high above city limits because of airplanes. And they hate Trump. And also, of course, they hate Trump and they fucking hate him. But dude, a certain population, and and this is just how it is. We get up in arms about this shit. We see it coming across our social media feed, and it produces a sense of outrage, right? And so you don't read the whole article. You just read the first paragraph, right? And then you're like, what the fuck? And then you share it to all your friends, right? And it creates this feedback loop of everyone who's pissed off, right? Because people hate Trump. What dicks? And they hate America, right? Of course they don't hate America. It's all fucking nonsense. But we have to bring that skepticism back front and center. You know, the things that people are sharing on social media, the things on the Internet, they're not always true. In fact, most of the time, they're probably not true. Today, I had to do this in the classroom, dude. I had to teach my students how Google works, okay? Because people use it every fucking day. Nobody knows how it works. Nobody knows. They don't don't understand that it's all about money? Well, probably not. Just like you don't understand when you sign up for Facebook, you're the product, right? You're thinking, I'm going to connect to my friends and, and look at their baby pictures or whatever, right? But Facebook is thinking, ooh, another person we can market to. Like, and collect data on so we can market mm-hmm. to them, right? Um, so Google, and we all think like Google's so great. It's amazing. It's the, the greatest search engine ever because whenever I put in something, it brings up the exact result that I want. But it's all algorithm, which means it's, it's a machine, which means if you know how to do it, you can manipulate it. Which means to get on page one of a Google search engine result, you just have to put better data, better content on your page than everybody else. But that means that the first thing that pops up on that search engine result doesn't have to be the right answer. It's right? playing the game the best. Yes, that's all. But Google's done a really good job of hiding how they do their algorithm so that it's hard to manipulate it. But we figure it out, so they update it like every six months. (laughs) Because we'll keep figuring it out, okay? And Google's trying very hard to make it, I think, very honest to say, no, we legitimately want to provide real-world solutions to people, so we want to try to answer their queries as straightforwardly as possible, honestly. But the problem is, is that everyone on the other end of that equation has other agendas. 
So I want you to come to my website to buy shit or to get clicks or to get ad views or whatever. Right. So I don't care whether or not I'm providing you good and accurate information. I just want it to appear that I'm providing you good and accurate information. So I, people, so I get number one. That's it. Right. So I'm, I'm telling my students this to say, you know, you probably look at the top three search results, but you need to be careful of that. Um, you know, I've, I've typed in things before that pop up on Google number one and it's wrong. Like what day is precedence day could pop up wrong because Google isn't magically correct. The algorithm shows you like what's good based upon what pages they've crawled and then what other people have clicked. Yeah. A bunch of other people click the wrong thing. Guess what? The wrong answer shows up. It's not magic. It's not perfect. It's not a truth machine. It's, I mean, it's the masses. <laughs> That's what it is, right? Which is another example of a company using you to make the products. Because Google doesn't make most of those web pages, right? They don't do the clicks. You do. We're just finding ways to use that data to make it better data for the end user. That's all. <laughs> Right. But nobody thinks about that. Right. Um, and, and that's how that shit works. Right? I just think when I want to ask something, I say, you know, something, something Google. And then, you know, she gives me a great answer because she's brilliant. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> so tech lash. I mean, that's that's how you get there is people are finally paying attention um, to the way this shit works and that, you know, um, some coder in India was paid $2 an hour to write that code for that website. And, um, and, you know, Zuckerberg is looking at all your personal data. And at one point we really loved marketing through Facebook because Facebook would give you incredible amounts of data on people. Um, <laughs> and, w and when they did, Jason, you didn't need Facebook as much anymore. Right. Right. Which means Facebook was being stupid. <laughs> mm. um, Google's never done that, by the way. Google's never done that. So what Facebook's doing now is you can still say, hey, I want to target women ages 26 to 35 who have one car and make between uh, 30 and 50 grand a year and have at least one kid. Right. Before, they would give you all the data. So you would just have all the data and you could search through it, basically, right? Hmm. Um, and then say, oh, yeah, um, Carolyn, that's who I want. Bam. <laughs> and send her the ad, right? Um, now, all that's behind the scenes. You still tell them who you want to hit, right? Um, and that's how Google's always done it. You've never been able to see anyone. Um, Google like just demographics or targets like that. Yep. Just demos in, in specific search terms, basically. Um, like, I want to hit everybody who types in uh, uh, St. Louis and uh, donuts because I have a donut shop in St. Louis. Um, and, and if they live within 100 miles of St. Louis, yeah, make this ad pop up for them, right? Um, that's called location based marketing. And it's all the rage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're disgusted. It's just insane. That's uh, yeah, weird, right? Um, and dude, I wouldn't know a lot of this shit if I hadn't broken into that industry, right? So, so I guess I don't know. Like, 
are we are you and i just smarter than the average bear that we figured out the social media thing is kind of a scam um yeah, or, i wouldn't no i wouldn't go that far like i'm, I'm really skeptical to say that about myself right like <laughs> I, I i think we just i think we just took the time to think about it right i think right i don't think people they just i don't know they're people you know people think different things about different stuff people always have different views about everything and you know I, right. I, it was just it's it's easy to look at those things as you know innocuous especially because that's how they're sort of pitched all the time oh yeah and you know if you're if you're basically doing what people mostly do is what you said before is hey I'm looking at pictures of my grandkids and yeah it doesn't fucking matter right no but you're I, right, you're I, right. but at the same time i think it's kind of silly not to recognize the just massive civilization altering things that are coming from it you know it's it's not just right hey they're stealing our data and we're making them money for free it's hey they're literally altering how people interact with each other because of you know the 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 format and the system is so just saturating everything now that you know it's it's not just a money making scheme it's an actual sociological effect i don't even know yeah. how to say it it's like yeah. i it's it's screwy. It's a propaganda um, machine. Like it's the greatest propaganda machine of all time. When we were talking about, you know, communism earlier, that's it. That's the thing that would have had Lenin creaming his pants. It's the ultimate propaganda machine. And we like to look at money as power in America. Um, I look at Bloomberg. It's on the fucking um, campaign stage the other day on his first debate ever. So he bought his fucking way into it. Like money is power in America, right? But Zuckerberg, Facebook, I mean, not only is Zuckerberg massively wealthy from what he's built, which is basically one stupid idea on a hot or not site. So don't give him too much credit, people. It wasn't that fucking brilliant. Okay, watch the fucking movie. God damn it. Um, the social network. Yes. We should uh, go watch the fucking movie. Like, and that's pretty much how it went down. Okay. Like, and, and after that, it didn't suddenly become a great political movement website about sharing ideas. We used it for hookups in like that's, college parties. And that's okay. Why, that's why that guy, that's why Zuckerberg is a fucking cocksucker because he gutted, he fucking eviscerated guys that were supposed to be his friends that became his business oh, yeah. partners and he, he just totally he fucking did. slit their goddamn throats as quickly and fast as he could right well and he stole this idea basically from other people yeah and look those other people seems like they were assholes too but anyway it definitely <laughs> isn't it wasn't a great like moment for political change like that was not what it was about right mm -hmm. um and now he has so much power not just from his wealth but because he controls a network that can tell you whatever it wants and he said he's not going to regulate political ads so you can say whatever you want in them. I don't. I don't um, think he. You know what though? I think part of the reason why the way that is is because if he says I'm going to regulate ads, then he opens himself up to getting fucked. 
because then you, because then it's like, oh, you're going to regulate him. So the Russian thing was your fault, and Trump is your fault, <laughs> and blah blah blah. Suddenly it's liable, right? Maybe, maybe, and at the very least, I could say you took down my ad, but why didn't you take down my opponent's ad? Down for a lawsuit, right? Oh, I get yeah. that there are lawyers whispering in his ears about these things, and maybe the legal institution needs to be touched up, and certainly a lot of our shit needs to be updated to be able to handle. Which is a lot of what this tech lash is about, right? That we were our founding fathers couldn't have possibly been prepared for this shit. Right? Um, you know, the means of production and the way of making money now. Shit, you can run a website and you click and have a big YouTube following, a big Instagram social media influencer, and that could be your job, right? Uh, God, yes, that. fortunately, and no one, right? Unfortunately, and nobody was prepared for that ever, right? I tell my students all the time that you know we, we say all the time shit like. We're educating you for jobs that don't even exist yet. And that always sounds like so fucking stupid, right? Yes. What the fuck do I mean? Like, how do I possibly quantify that? Well, let me put that into terms for you. When I was in college, social media didn't exist. Today, I literally pay a guy to make social media posts for one one of the brands I represent because he's good at it. He makes a post or two every day, and I don't have to fucking do it. The company I work for is a giant international corporation, and they have a fucking social media department. A fucking department, right? So there are multiple people in there, and their job is to answer questions on your social media and make posts. We need it's to make, a job. We got to make sure our YouTube videos are getting the right amount of views. Of course, right? And it seems silly, right? And for us, growing up in a world that didn't have social media to now a world where social media becomes a job, right? It seems crazy. But it's a thing, right? You got to have it. And you'd be ignorant as a company if you weren't doing it, right? Yeah. It's just... Uh, it's crazy. So we are we are trying to educate you often for jobs that don't even exist yet. It's just when we say that it sounds dumb. Right? <sighs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's why we got to tech lash, and I think the old people in Congress are finally like starting to realize what the fuck's going on. But uh, b- before we get too far away from this, I think it's important to also note that social media killed small-time journalism. It killed newspapers. It, it hurt, it's hurt the journalistic community. And part of the reason why we're seeing backlash now is that the mainstream media has started to take hits from things like social media. And so they're attacking. Oh, you still there? Mm-hmm. Okay, it was a weird thing cutting it out or something. So mainstream media is starting to play out this narrative uh, that, you know, social media is bad, which it might be. Right? But their reason for playing up that narrative is uh, about they're cutting their, their money. <laughs> they're cutting their money. Right? Um, so they're not they're not wrong. But I also want us to be careful about that, too. Like, like social media could be okay i think people need to know what it is they need to understand how it makes money off of you that you are giving up a certain amount of privacy by using it and then you need to be skeptical as fuck about the ads on it and all the things that people share because anyone can share anything yeah so it might not be accurate right (laughs) at the same time 
my news does the same fucking thing. Um, There's a, some big conservative wing that owns a bunch of these local TV stations, Jason, um, in their nightly news, there's one segment every, every night that is literally right wing propaganda. And that's on your nightly news, your local news. Fuck. What's the, what's the name of that? It's not Caspian. It's uh shit. Let's look that one up. But that literally is the thing. It's a broadcasting group that's bought up a bunch of these little TV stations because they were really struggling. And now they used it to pop out fucking propaganda. Um, So let's be careful about the pot calling the kettle black here. Um, You know, and you can manipulate people on TV. You can manipulate people on the Internet. Right. Um, I like to think that you know the mainstream media, certain entities are more trustworthy than others. Um, but even some of the ones that I champion have been known to get things wrong or to slightly mislead or, or provide coverage of certain individuals or certain events over other events. Decisions are always made like that, and they're almost always made in, in the end goal of better ratings, not better news. So... Well, I think, I mean, maybe that's the ultimate irony about the whole Marxist critique is we're actually seeing all the things we've talked about are businesses first, right? Yeah, yeah, and money first, right? Media companies, newspapers, social media, they're all businesses first. And much like, you know, when you get into politics, what's the first rule of politics is get reelected, right? Yeah. What's the yeah, first, then, what's the first thing about business is to make money. <laughs> right, right. No, you're not wrong. Um, I was doing Thoreau in the classroom the, uh, the other day, civil disobedience, classic stuff, love it. Talked about it before. But uh, one of his things is that um, he really wants to believe that he says the corporation can't have a conscience, but a corporation made up of conscientious men could be a corporation with a conscience. And I go, not in America, Thoreau, um, because we're we're too consumed with the idea that profit is the end-all, be-all. If we could change that, if we could take more of an Andrew Yang aesthetic and say, what if GDP, what if profit wasn't the end-all, be-all? What if profit was just one of the things we were concerned about? What if making a great product was what we were concerned about too, right? If we could get there, we could make that transition. But right now, we're not there. And it's 200 years later from Thoreau writing his shit, like, which was brilliant and great, right? But uh, it's, it just hasn't happened, right? And maybe that's the Marxist revolution. Maybe yeah. the revolution isn't we burn down the fucking system, but we go... You know what? We want to make profit. We get that. It's important, right? But we also should make a better product and treat our workers better and, you know, make sure that everyone's getting a fair shake, even if they work at McDonald's. Like, you know, maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe it's of, you know, tear down the system and more of find a way to change the goals and aspirations of the people who live in it. Right. Yes, um, that is that. That's what it should be. I think the article even touches on that. That's what it should be. I don't know how we get there, which always frustrates the shit out of my students and probably our listeners too, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> look at this cool point we made. How I mean, do we get there? Oh, I don't know. Well, I, 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 everyone has to change. Marxists have to right. change. Capitalists have to change. Everybody has to right. change. But right. change, to is, change is hard. No one likes doing it. 
it's scary, man. It's so much easier just to do things the way we've always done. But then that's what makes it so imperative that we have, that we have liberalism, that we have change. Um, that's another great thing that, uh, that Thoreau mentions in, in the piece. And he doesn't use these terms, but that people tend to be more conservative if they're doing well. Right, you're less well, likely yeah. to change. Yeah, if it works for you, right? And that's not. I'm not really making a political statement when I say that. It's just that's duh. That's an obvious thing. Versus that's human versus, nature. It is it's human nature. But if you have nothing to lose, you're probably looking for change. If you're struggling, you're probably more liberal, and you're going. I would like to see things change. I think things are unfair, but you're also not risking very much in that. Um, and that's that's Thoreau's big thing, right? Let's burn down the fucking system and not pay any fucking taxes. But what Thoreau's failed to mention is that he doesn't have any money or a house or anything to lose. Right. <laughs> and he's going to go fucking live on Walden Pond, his buddy's uh, property. And, and fuck you guys, I'm going home. <laughs> um, you know, versus Emerson, his buddy who owns the pond, has a lot to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's always fun to me because uh, I was definitely much more revolutionary uh, when when I had nothing. Um, but now I'd be like, "Yeah, let's burn the fucker down, but don't burn my neighborhood and uh, not my car, you know, <laughs> not my business." <laughs> oh, fuckers! Though, goddamn, <laughs> don't 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 feel bad. It happens to the best of us. No, I, I I think it's totally natural, and it's the way the system kind of works, right? But uh, it does end up when we talked about this before too, with the kind of weird generational divide, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we see perpetually coming up. Um, I mean, a student talking about writing about the older generation mocking the younger generation and making fun of them, you know, uh, for selfie sticks and Instagram and Snapchat and stuff. And I'm like, you know, the older generation has always done that. You know, back in the day, it was beatniks and long hair or hippies and weed. Damn you know, there's loud always- music. Hey, what the fuck? This loud music. Um, <laughs> it's always been a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, older generation has always said this younger generation is lazy right um that's always the case right um so yeah i I think that's just a part of the way that it works um but it it makes me wonder about how much of this tech stuff is is generational um because my students who have been born into this time they just accept it it's just a thing Right. Versus those of us who can remember a time before social media, I I think maybe we're a little more skeptical of it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, it it goes, you can slice it any way you want. You know, you remember when the world was flat, right? (laughs) And then it was a sphere. And the people that remembered it before when it was flat to when it became a sphere, I'm sure they had the same thoughts. Like, well, now, yeah, fuck these fucking scientists, guys. They fucking change their shit willy nilly. Now you're gonna, <laughs> now you're gonna tell me little invisible things make me sick. Fuck right, that. and we're not the center of the universe. <laughs> Come on. Uh huh. <laughs> How does that make any sense, right? Yep. No, yeah, yeah. No, you're to- totally right, right? Um, yeah. Well, you know, so, uh, well, in in the interest of self preservation here, because I am on my next coast IPA. Uh, oh shit! <laughs> yeah, it's getting late. So I guess we'll 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 do we'll we'll do a quick quick uh, 
recap here. Okay. Um, everybody should yeah, be there. Yeah, read the article. Yeah, read the article. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we and, then, and now we like to do a full deep dive on the thing. It must be pretty good. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually like this. This is good. We had a nice discussion about that. I, I, well, thanks for finding it, man. It's a good find. Yeah, I I think this is some this type of stuff is something that I envisioned us doing. You know, was being able to you know really like pick at something and make a you know have apply it. Maybe it's taken a while because we had to lay such a groundwork, but I I like this. This is good stuff. Um, I I think it's great. Yeah. Um, anyway, keep going. But of course, our our second thing was, am I a Marxist or not? <laughs> uh, yeah, which we touched on a little bit last last time, and it's uh-huh. uh it's a fun debate. But yeah, read, read the article, and obviously we've critiqued we've critiqued Marxism this whole time, right? I mean, um, it, it's I think it's useful. Um, it might well, be getting a little dated. Um, is, is it ironic that we're critiquing a critique? Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, that's so fun. So um, I I'll I'll say this though in in the the spirit of am I a Marxist or not? Yeah. What what I find wholly ironic is that you had a not super original idea mutate mm-hmm. into this thing. Uh, I guess we'll say the Communist Manifesto. And then that was like taken and ran with and mutated a bunch of different ways for a bunch of different people's ideas selfishly and ironically for political gain and power. (laughs) Ironically, ironically used for the exact uh, opposite of, you know, what it was driving at. Yeah, and, yeah, and we've demonized, <laughs> and in 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 the West, and certainly in the democratic West, we've demonized the shit out of it for sure. Um, we have, and mainly, we probably should not. Well, it's, well, I guess I guess that's the thing. So, why is it frowned upon? Because we've seen firsthand where it can go, right? And there's a lot there's there's a lot of people that are dead because of people trying to somehow enact those ideas um maybe but were those individuals so if we look at so again listener who might not get the references jason's talking about like lenin stalin mussolini hitler might be a popular one who might come to mind um all the southeast all the southeast (laughs) asian groups what Right, lots of ones out of uh, Central and in South America too, and uh, the Caribbean. So yes, um, just about every communism gone wrong um, that that you can imagine is is in socialism gone wrong. It's what we're mentioning. Not that there haven't been success stories, right? Um, but it, you're not wrong. But could I say that most of those were you know megalomaniac dictators, right? Right, and. So is Why is it so the attractive? Problem? I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I, look. I'm going to blame and and look. People will lay this on Marx. I'm going to blame Lenin. All right. So Marx said the worker will rise up. 
And maybe his predictions were wrong. Maybe it's 200 years later and we haven't quite got there yet. Maybe we've put band-aids on it and the worker has had to rise up. Who knows, right? Maybe he's wrong. I don't know. I, I tend to think he was on to something, right? And maybe it's dated. Maybe it needs updated. Um, but I, I tend to think he saw something profound, right? In the moment when factory life was horrible and maybe it's yeah. not anymore. But Lenin said, okay, um, yeah, but this peaceful revolution that you want, Marx, it's not going to fucking happen. Um, We need a violent revolution. Um, And sometimes I'm like, yeah, Lenin, you're not wrong. Um, And and then we got to overthrow the government. And the first step towards your Marxist utopia is dictatorship. You have to have a strong central leader, and then eventually he'll step down. Um, and you know who would be perfect for this? Yeah, I'm just throwing this out there. Me, my name's Lenin. Um, <laughs> and, of course, that's what happened, right? Um, they, they overthrow the government. Lenin sets up himself as dictator. And what could have led to maybe um, this Marxist revolution instead became communism. Right? Um, a dictatorship. I, I never said. I, I, I think one of the, the probably the thing, the well, not the, not the irony, but I don't know. So Lenin tries to develop Marxism, right? Right. But what he, but what he really does is sort of a half-ass Western version of it. I mean, I, I'm not sure if people listening don't realize it, but Russia is an eastern they're eastern philosophically uh-huh. eastern they're they're not western like here in america and they're not a western civilization they're an eastern right. civilization and i think that might be a good thing to think about of how it all broke down so right lenin decides that he's going to take marxism which is a western idea and somehow shoehorn it into an eastern culture um and i know these are probably like archaic terms that nobody really gets anymore but it, it does sort of inform, yeah i mean it, it it really does inform how a lot of the world breaks in modern times um yeah, okay so okay. so he goes and does his thing uh he obviously can't understand it because his civilization is very different from the civilization that this was designed from um man i i had something i really wanted to tease out here and i just lost it um you're on to something though you're making some great points there he sees an idea he's going to try to shoehorn it into his own culture he uses it to start a political movement that develops into revolution yeah um I'm gonna get. Uh, well, I I was also. But it's a different culture, right? It's a yeah. different culture. Yeah. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. So, I think Marxism happened in the Eastern civilizations. It was the way to destroy the nobility. Not the way. Not the way. The I mean, the West. West. The Western civilizations destroyed nobility by the rise of the merchant class. We we undermined a you know the God given power structure, and we destroyed the that same God given power structure's ability to have the wealth and the capital because we disconnected it from the nobility. Right, the the merchant class yeah. annihilated all that and essentially. Mm-hmm gave us the French revolution right (laughs) basically without the merchant class democracy died a long time ago 
Yeah. Right. They were the ones that finally pretty much broke people free from serfdom and all kinds of insanity. So how do you do yeah. that in how do you do that in the Eastern cultures? I think I think Lenin saw Marxism as the way to do it. Um but because it's an Eastern culture, life doesn't have the same value it has in the West. So violent revolution is the way to do it. You just murder the shit out of everything and everything. Right. And well, that's certainly the fastest way to do it. I mean, it is the right. fact that well, gets I mean, it it's, it's, dirty. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the way, it's the way to do it. If you don't value life. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. And that's, and that is no. a, that is sort of a hallmark of Eastern civilizations. The, the, the value is different. Um, I know, I know, like Lenin gets painted as a monster, and uh, I mean, I'm hate to, I hate to defend his actions, but I, I'm he said some smart stuff. I'm, I'm pretty wow. sure that everything he did was justified from his civilization, you know, maybe, maybe kill all the fucking czars, kill everybody that doesn't agree with me. I'm ironically going to be just like the people I just disposed. Uh, <laughs> that's been uh, oops. So, it? I mean, that's not, that's not just him. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's uh, a hallmark there. Or sometime uh, he has a whole section in there. Uh, uh, Orwell does about a middle class rising up to overthrow the upper class, and then they set up a new regime in which they're in charge, and they and basically do shit. Do, uh, <laughs> do which, shit which, which is like, funny. Uh, which is funny because you could pretty much say that's what the merchant class did in the long run, just yes. at a much slower pace. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, but now do we, so as capitalists now, to play off your history, do we worship the businessmen and women? I'm not trying to be sexist. Do we worship the, the capitalists, the merchant class, because they rescued us from the tyranny of kings, right? Um, and they did. I mean, I, I think you can make that argument. I think that's a good argument, right? Well, they, um, helped, they, us, they helped us chain, They helped us trade one set of chains for another. Right, they changed the power structure, but we're still in the change of civilization, as Rousseau would put it, right? The social contract, we're still in there, right? It's just, yeah. it, it stopped being God and king and country, and it started being money, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and it turns out that wasn't, it's not that much better. Like, it's a little bit better, but it's it's a little more democratizing, but it's still not, like, completely democratizing, right? Because... I think you could start with ten million dollars. <laughs> that I, means you've started I, ahead. Right? I, I think. I think the way it's more effective is because it's permeated everything. It's a self-regulating system. Like yeah, you don't. Maybe. You don't have to have uh, secret police and all that other stuff. But we have that just in case. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, yeah, I mean, well, it's it's much like the, it's much like the Patriot Act. I mean, hey, it's bad, but I'm not really going to cancel it because I may need it one day too. <laughs> uh, the, it's like that's the Obama line, isn't it? <laughs> like, I I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna get rid of this terrible thing, and then the Pentagon people like scare you into going. You might need this one. <laughs> you know, um, we're never but, getting we're never getting rid of that motherfucking I, shit. 
either. I don't. Which is which is why, like, ironically, I have all these smart speakers all over my house because I'm like, ah, fuck it, they're listening anyway. Um, <laughs> you might as well give it to them in Dolby surround sound. That's what I was thinking. A little better clarity. Um, if you guys are going to store all my data somewhere, let's at least put it in stereo. You know. <laughs> um, <laughs> takes up double the bandwidth right double the storage <laughs> oh fuck um but no, there's, there's some great points and um i want to make it perfectly clear to everyone that, that like last episode and this episode you know bringing up the marxist topic it was that wasn't a target jason um you know in any way i'm i'm certainly i'm a reformed anarchist a former libertarian and probably i mean i tend to identify as a marxist i think i probably am a marxist um but i i use it to critique more than to say more than to like worship at marx's grave like he's perfect right um he he raised some great questions additional scholars have built on his work um also Sarah did some great stuff on isas and rsas that we might have to get into sometime because that's really cool it's a it's a neat way to view your government and your civilization mm-hmm. and to me that's marxism does a really good job of saying how do i look at the big picture economically and like from a government point of view, it's I, we all, none of us see it from that perspective, right? We all see it from this is my world, and in my world, this is the stuff that happens to me. Like I got a job, and I got a kid, or I got a house, and I got bills. Like but Marxist theory lets you kind of zoom out and say, well, how does this work like nationally? How does this work as a government, right? Um, and so uh, for, for that alone, I think it's it's a brilliant thing to use. Um, and, and I think he made some very positive critiques. As Jason, as you rightly pointed out, uh, we've come a long way. Um, and the, the factory systems of today, if Engels and Marx were looking at them, they would probably say this is a lot better, right? Then again, um, you know, places like Amazon only lets you take, what, like one bathroom break every six hours or something, and it's timed. And, and um, you know, th- I think in some, some places you're still getting oppressed. Um, it's just the oppression is different. It's not coal miners uh, breathing in uh, coal dust and getting black lung, right? Yeah, you're not you're it, not working in a Foxconn factory making the iPhone 11 Pro, so right. And contemplating this, stuff every night. Country. Exactly. So it could be way worse. We have to always acknowledge how far we've come, but that never means that we need to stop critiquing and stop trying to make things even better. And that's important too, right? I think, I think the only reason why I like to bring that up is people like to complain about the same shit, much like Marxism, where it's like, you know, I'm just going to keep rehashing. It's like, no, man, you need to, you need to stop. Okay. Factories in America are not like Foxconn factories in China. No, they aren't. Could, are they there are. things that could be improved? Certainly. They always are. They always are. But I mean, but that that begs the challenge. You have to be able to. You know, you just can't be like, oh, it fucking sucks uh, because it's always <laughs> sucked. No, man, you, you got to give more. You, you got to yes. put in that effort. You can't. You just, have to acknowledge how far we've come. Yeah. Right. 
and you can still say there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to get there. Right. Yeah. That's fine. Right. Um, but we, we still have made massive amounts of progress. I would also say that some of that stuff's been automated away or moved overseas um, because of the lack of regulation. So the Foxconn one's great. Can we make smartphones in America? Sure. Right. But it costs, you know, three times the amount of what you're paying now. And you're probably paying a grand now for your smartphone. Right. So you really want to pay three. Yeah. However, should we be exploiting the Chinese uh, worker in order to make these particular uh, devices in a horrible factory uh, where the suicide rate is so high that they have to put up nets around the outside of the building? I mean, well, well, I believe, you know, the market has spoken. I think America agreed. <laughs> no matter well, no matter how many uh, Bernie bros and uh, Warren heads there are out there, they're still on their motherfucker. They're still on their motherfucking iPhones. So that, that sounds like next episode. Bernie bros and, and Warren. <laughs> Warren heads. Um, I don't know. I had to come up with something. And you might be right, but let me leave you with this. Just like we might not be that cognizant of how Facebook or Google works, are we that cognizant of where our fucking phone comes from? Made in China. Yep. <laughs> Been a blast. It's always my friend. This is good stuff. Good deal, man. It's, it's always a pleasure. And uh, sorry I was so late. And I uh, guess I'll catch you next week when we'll dive into – some sports that's I'm, fun i'm looking forward to a sports episode that should be nice nice and different <laughs> yeah for sure dude for sure all right well hey have a good night and uh, and it's been a blast all right dan i'll talk to you later <laughs> all right take bye. care buddy bye